What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, September 22nd, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode number 273. How the hell is everybody? I hope everybody had a good time in between shows. I am doing this podcast from my hotel room, my beautiful hotel room. Uh, I am staying right now at the uh, Tempe... uh, where am I? The uh, Tempe Mission Palms Hotel in Tempe, Arizona, which is absolutely beautiful. These people do it right. I had such a good time here. Uh, I'm going to Flagstaff today for the rest of the weekend to go do a festival up there and work on the new hour and just uh, tell some jokes. But I cannot tell you guys how amazing Tempe was, man. These people did it right. I was at the Tempe Improv last night. I'll talk about all that stuff Got a packed show for you guys, going to talk some sports, going to talk weddings. I did multiple weddings over the weekend with my wife, so I want to get into that, talking about weddings, Um, all kinds of stuff that we uh, can get into today. Of course, my unacceptable, your guys' unacceptables, so sit back, relax, wherever you may be, everybody, your cubicle, your car, your treadmill, Drinking, eating, just hanging with friends. Sit back and get ready to listen to your favorite podcast, the Verzi Effect Podcast. We are back today, 273. But first, as always, we got to shout out the sponsors. The Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by City Living Dog and CityLivingDog.com. Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers there is out there. Please check out City Living Dog and Coach Mike working with your dog through confidence and patience getting your dog to do the right thing. He's amazing. He has an amazing social media uh, outlets. Uh, his YouTube uh, page is amazing. You could see him working with these dogs that really need help, um, and you could see him give the help very quickly. Uh, what he does is sick. Uh, also, he does live Facebook stuff. You could check out his Instagram, his Facebook, all that stuff. Go to citylivingdog.com, City Living Dog Services, and Coach Mike. Um, please contact Coach Mike at City Living Dog. Tell him that you uh, heard about him. Uh, you have a dog issue. You heard about him through TVE and Paul Verzi and see what he could do with these dogs. Um, they're amazing. Also, drink more good and drinkmoregood.com. Drink more good. It is organic. No artificial, nothing, no preservatives. Syrups that you put into your seltzer. And you go at your own pace. You make it however sweet you want. They have amazing flavors. Ginger ale, citrus. Everything is organic. Okay? So it is a healthier alternative to soda. And you can make it as sweet as you want. Do it that way. It is amazing. Okay? They're located in Beacon, New York on Main Street. That's where their store is. But you go to uh, drinkmoregood.com. You could see what they do. Please put in. And you guys know I love to drink. I love the seltzer water. These guys have amazing flavors. And it's awesome what they do. So if you like soda and you're gaining weight because of it, this will help you. It could still taste delicious. And uh, it's, like I said, no artificial anything, no preservatives, all organic. So go to um, drinkmoregood.com. Check them out. These guys provide water wells across the world. I mean, Uganda, Ghana, amazing. Um, Ghana, uh, if you put in Goodmaker, please put in Goodmaker in the code and you will get a 20 percent discount let them know tve and paul verzi sent you you could also use their syrups for marinades and cooking uh cocktails all that stuff it's amazing okay so so you could bake with them you drink with them uh alcohol you make healthy sodas all that stuff check out their flavors go to drinkmoregood.com and of course all things comedy go to allthingscomedy.com for your favorite comedy podcasts your favorite comedy albums the Verzi, uh, Paul Verzi, I almost said the Verzi effect, that is not an album, that is a podcast, um, Paul Verzi, Night at the Stand, Giannis Papas, uh, Let Me Be Giannis is on there, so they're doing great things, they're all about the artists, so please check that out, uh, again, before I get into Arizona and the show, I do want to let everybody know that, um, I was really overwhelmed by the amount of people that contacted me, again, about anxiety and depression, people that have, I guess, um, you know, catching up on the podcast, haven't heard about, haven't heard it in a while or whatever. But, uh, you know, I do want to say that, um, you know, it is, I guess, obviously something that is affecting people. I can even feel on stage when I'm starting to talk about it more, depression and anxiety. You could just feel the crowd going, wow, like, you know, because everybody deals with it. 
But um, a lot of people were like, wow, that was, you know, that last podcast was really real and stuff. And, uh, you know, I wish it wasn't. I wish I didn't feel that. You know, I wish I didn't go through that. I wish I didn't have a, a breakdown and I wish I didn't cry and I wish I wasn't depressed and, and going through all the things that I was going through. But, you know, I'm fighting out of it and I'm doing my best to fight out of it. And that's all you could do. That's all anybody could really do. So if it affected you, if it touched you in any way, um, you know, some people wrote to me and I, I was able to write back and, you know, as best as I could. But uh, please uh, just know that uh, things get better and, uh, you know, keep fighting the fight. That's all you could do. Uh, okay. Um, also, yes, I know if you're listening to this, I owe to, uh, the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, merchandise that you bought will be sent out this week. We're getting up to date with that. So, uh, you will get that this week. Things are starting to, uh, you know, things are starting to get back to normal. So, uh, you will have all that stuff. I do want to talk about Arizona because, um, I've never been to Arizona before other than a layover at the airport. It's one of the, I've said it many times, it's one of the only cities that I never really um, got to perform in for some reason. So here I am now. Uh, I flew in yesterday. My unacceptable will be about the plane, about the flight. But first, let me talk about um, just being here and thanking everybody and all that stuff. Uh, I landed here yesterday in Phoenix at about, I want to say, what time did I land? Probably like a little before, yeah, like around like 11, around 11 a.m. Uh, amazing, you know, just amazing. The Tempe Improv did it right, had a car for me, sent me over to the hotel. Everything was great, beautiful hotel, nice, all good. And I'm nervous because it's a Wednesday, it's my first time here. I've never really been to Arizona, didn't really, you know, I never had an opportunity to do a weekend club out here, uh, and for, I just for some weird reason. So I'm like, man, I hope I'm not, you know, going. And I am going to a um, a festival, a newer festival up in Flagstaff, the uh, Big Pine Comedy Festival. Um, asked me to come out last year, didn't work out, so they asked me again this year. And I said, yeah, let me get some work in, check it out. It worked out. And I said, let me go to the Tempe Improv the Wednesday before. My agent took care of that, and I'm thinking there's going to be like 20, 30 people, you know. And I cannot thank you guys enough. And a lot of people came up, said they listened to the podcast. What a great turnout! Uh, the place was super, super busy on a Wednesday night, and it was really made me feel good. So thank you all. Um, you know, you guys came up to the table afterwards when you were buying the CD and you were saying that you listened to the podcast. So all you people there, thank you so much. I had a great time. Um, and uh, I actually worked with uh, an old high school friend, uh, James Petragallo. I uh, went to high school with, uh, with him. He was uh a year older than me so he graduated he graduated in uh he graduated before me but when uh we were in school he would drive me home from school sometimes just a cool dude and uh you know of course life happens you go one way the other person goes the other way you know that happens with people friends acquaintances in school oh you hear about so and so yeah they moved over here so anyway his cousin is friends with my sister found out he moved to Arizona you know and uh was you know got into stand up or whatever Long story short, uh, he ends up featuring for me last night at the uh, Tempe Improv. Uh, if you're in Arizona, check this dude out. James Petragal, fucking hilarious and uh, so cool, natural, funny, you know, uh, and it was really cool. It was the first time for me that I ever went to high school with somebody, you know, was at high school parties with somebody. And then 20 years later, you run into somebody and they're kind of doing the same thing you're doing. And you get to work with them and stuff. And I didn't, uh, you know, you don't know what to expect when you don't see somebody after 20 years. And uh, just the same cool, down-to-earth, funny dude. And it was really cool to perform with him. So shout-out to you, James. Check out James uh, Petrogallo if you guys are in uh, the uh, Arizona area. And hopefully we'll be working together uh, more soon. But uh, super funny, funny bits. And also uh, Andy Steinberg, who, who I'm going to be working with at the, um, at the Flagstaff uh, festival that I'm doing, the Big Pine Festival. So uh, it was a great show last night. Thank you, everybody, to come out. I love it out here. I'm not going to lie, though. Arizona does have the feel of, like, people are hiding out here. Like, that's the first thing. I was like, it's beautiful, it's nice, but it's just, like, it's so close to Mexico, and you just feel like, all right, how many people were really fucking born here? I mean, I know there were. Like, my uh, driver, Charles, was, like, from northern 
Arizona, and he was telling me all kinds of cool stuff about it. It's just one of these beautiful places, man. You look out, you see like the red mountains, the rocks, and the you know the just the palm trees and all this shit. It's it's a really nice place, but you just get the feel like all right. If I'm running from the law, if shit goes awry, I, I think Arizona is definitely one of them. Um, but really cool crowd. The crowd went along with everything. They were just with you. Um, I tried one bit about shootings, and uh, I just threw it out there. And I was like, yeah, Paul, maybe you should have something ironed out before you start talking about one of the biggest problems in our country right now at a place you've never been. But that's uh, that, that, the place was awesome. The Tempe Improv is beautiful. The people running it. And uh, I want to say, hopefully, if I come back to Arizona, that's the club that I want to do. So thank you again, everybody who came out. Thank you to the club, everybody I worked with, Andy, James, all that shit. It was, it was really, really cool. I uh, can't say that I got to eat food here yet because I just slept. And, um, of course, I caught a cold, everybody, when the fucking weather changes. Can I catch a break in 2016? fucking anxiety, depression, getting sick, not feeling good. Now my back feels like it's out of whack. I'm just fucking, it's just been, I'm just waiting for the ball to drop. I want to see, you know, 2017 and, and fucking, you know, it's just been unbelievable. But, um, so here's my unacceptable and then I'll get into your guys unacceptable. I flew Delta. I like Delta. I don't know why. Lately, they've just been good. Delta, I, uh, packed, packed flight. But the people sitting next to me were skinny, and I think they were engaged, so they were like kind of cuddly on everybody. I didn't have the window this time. I had the aisle, which I don't mind as long as I'm not in the middle. The aisle's cool sometimes. If you're not sitting next to really big people, the aisle could actually work. So normally I worry about flying, but the night before I performed, I was so tired. I haven't been feeling well. Trying to, you know, I was like, man, am I going to even make it to Arizona? I got a cold. My back is fucked up, but fuck it. I got to, I got to, you know, I got to do this. So I think that I am going to, um, I think that I'm going to just get some sleep the night before, maybe take some cold medicine, go to bed early, hang out, you know, with my wife. And all of a sudden I get a, uh, a text and it's from the stand comedy club and says, Hey Paul, you know, just a reminder, you're on the an four year anniversary show. And I'm going, holy shit, right? Don't worry, I'm going to get to the plane. I'll, I'll, I'm, it's all coming back, everybody. It's all coming back. It's what I do. It's my gift. So I fucking, I'm like, oh my God, that's right, the anniversary show. And I think I'm going to get some medicine and do this, and I, I can't do it. I got I to gotta go down. Now, one thing I'm very proud of is uh, I am the first comedian to ever step on the stage at the stand tell a joke at the stand, do the first show at the stand. I'm the first one, and it's an honor, and uh, I hosted. No, I didn't host. I was on the, 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 the first like kickoff show where I had to follow. That's the night I had to follow Artie Lang, and everybody was chanting his name because it was right when he came back after uh, you know trying to hurt himself and do all that stuff, and they're literally chanting, Artie, Artie, as I'm walking to the stage. I think I started getting the crowd when the light came on, right? And um, I remember Dane Cook was on the show and fucking this one and that one. It was just insane. Lynn Coplitz. Just a, a nutty thing to do, to be on. So even though I'm feeling sick, I got to go down and do it. They were like, you're going to host You're gonna host the four-year anniversary. So I look at the lineup. The lineup was just amazing. It was just a great lineup. It was who was on the show. It was me. It was Ari Shafir. It was Gilbert Gottfried. It was Sean Patton, it was Dan Soder, it was Judah Friedlander, and it was Rich Voss. So I do that show, and uh, you know, it's just like I said, cool to be there, cool to be a part of it, but now I got to race home because I got a 6 a.m. pickup to get to the airport to come to Arizona. So I run home, try finish packing real quick, get to sleep. By the time I'm done, I got like four hours of sleep, which is not good, especially for how sick I am, the state I'm in, all this shit. So I sleep in the car, get to the plane. So now I'm on the plane and I'm not even nervous. I just want to sleep and have a relaxing flight and get to my hotel. That's all I'm thinking about. I'm like, fuck it, whatever. You know, I don't want this fucker to go down, but I can't control it and I'm just going to sleep. So the, um, the, the pilot comes on and the pilot goes, 
All right, everybody, just so you know, we got some heavy wins. We got some heavy wins coming, uh, and it's going to be a little bumpy on the on the way up and this and that, and so don't blow, don't worry. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So now I'm waiting there, and I'm like, fuck, I just want to sleep. I just want to relax. And sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, the fucking, it's not that bumpy. So now I anticipate that and then nothing. So then I'm sitting there, unacceptable, by the way, because I'm anticipating some heavy shit. Then, like a half hour later, he goes, all right, guys, listen, I had to drop from 30,000 feet down to like 20-something because... There's a lot of swirls. We just got word that a big storm is coming, so I'm going to keep the light on. Damn it. Hold on one second. Okay, so he's like, I'm going to keep the light on for the next 20 minutes. We got 75 mile an hour wind. All kinds of shit he's saying. So now I'm waiting again. And nothing, like little tiny bumps. And I'm just like, dude, you got to, like, I'm trying to fucking, you got me anticipating some fucking day after tomorrow shit. And uh, we're getting like, you know, we're getting nothing, like a car going over pebbles, and I'm just like, and then again, folks, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to get, and I also need the flight attendants to sit in their seats, this is gonna be, you know, sorry about that, trying to make it as comfortable as possible, and another 20 minutes, and I'm like, dude, this shit's about to hit the fan, like, this guy's preparing us for some heavy shit, and like, little tiny shit, but nothing, and I think it's unacceptable to like, I would let the shit start to happen, you know, and then come on and be like, folks, this is nothing to worry about. We realize that blah, blah, blah. But like the anticipation of some shit when I'm trying to sleep and people are trying to sleep. Now, luckily, I'm not afraid to fly as much anymore. But for people that are, that's some scary shit. Really scary shit. So, um, yeah, the whole thing was just, um, you know, a little nerve wracking. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. I did get to sleep, though, so it wasn't that bad, but I was just anticipating stuff. So unacceptable for the pilot of a plane to say you got 75-mile-an-hour winds coming from the east and shit's about to get bumpy, and I need the flight attendants to sit down, and then nothing. All right? If you're going to prepare me for shit, shit's got to—I can't, I can't just be sitting there waiting. It's, it's unfair to do. That's all I'm saying. So that's my unacceptable. Um, but Delta did a good job. I'm getting my Delta points. I liked it. Um, all right, should I talk about the wedding? No, I'll do the unacceptables, and then I will get into the... I'll do the unac your guys' unacceptables, and then I'll get into the to the weddings that we went to. We did multiple weddings. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Empty-handed. This is from Greg. Paul. Uh, we're at that time of year where everyone is gathering on Sundays for football games. If you are going to someone's house who is preparing uh, food for the game, you never show up empty-handed. Even if uh, the host tells you they got everything covered, you at least show up with the case of beer. I agree. Everyone knows the freeloading, chicken-wing-eating, buffalo chicken-dipping motherfucker who shows up empty-handed, drinks all the beer, leaves a mess, and heads home. That shit is absolutely unacceptable. Uh, what's a case of beer and Doritos cost? 20 bucks max? Uh, good luck to your boys in blue this year. Eli looks like he has um, an arsenal. Yes, he does at receivers. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, when my boy Brady gets back from that bullshit suspension. By the way, check out uh, Prescription Thugs on Netflix. Pretty much covers um, the big pharma companies pushing all these drugs on people who don't need it, uh, who don't need them. Uh, glad you're back on track, big guy. Keep that fat Sicilian chin held high. Hey, easy, Greg. All right? That fat Sicilian chin lost a lot of fucking weight. Now, I know depression and anxiety have a lot to do with it. It's funny. I ran into Joe Bartnick, and he was like, you look how you're supposed to look now. Uh, I have leaned out very, very much so, but thank you so much. Uh, you should never show up to a football anything empty-handed. Uh... The only time you don't have to have something is if you're really, really close with your, like, immediate neighbor and they're just like, hey, run over here real quick. And you're like, hey, should I bring something? They're like, nah, that's different. But I agree with you 100%. Bring something. Even if you bring a bottle of wine or a bottle of vodka or a bag of chips or a fucking two liter of soda, just something that shows you're not a piece of shit. And thank you for the uh, Prescription Thugs recommendation on Netflix. I will definitely check that out. Um, and yes... Eli, I'm going to get into sports after, but I, I've seen a, a, enough now with my Giants where I'm going to make some predictions. I've made predictions before the season, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun to watch, and you know, 
I've talked about Eli many times. You know, I've talked about Eli many times, but we'll we'll get into that after uh, when I get into the sports. Let's see here. Here we go. Okay, he is back, ladies and gentlemen. IBS unacceptable. Kelly Meyer making a making a an appearance here on 273. The man, the myth, the legend is showing himself on 273. You see that? Hi, Paul. Every year in April, I spend. 11 or 12 days in an amazing city uh, in the amazing city of Indianapolis for work. For this particular annual work event, there is plenty of downtime. And I travel with a group of workers that also happen to be good friends of mine. So every night we eat like garbage and we booze like absolute animals. All right? Every year without fail I end up painting the town brown at least once. Somewhere the <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in the greater Indianapolis area, my very first IBS uh, unacceptable submission to TVE was about shitting uh, in and out of my pants and all over my hotel bathroom on this particular annual trip. All right, so <laughs> this is where it all started. It's like your bowels know. 2016 was no exception. The venue, Lucas Oil Stadium, home of the Indianapolis Colts, while standing directly on the field in the north end zone. It was the last day of the trip, and we were ta uh, talking down, uh, taking down all of our equipment. We were a few hours into striking when the extra hot buffalo wings I ate for breakfast started politely knocking on the back door of my large intestines. <laughs> the wings, I want to laugh more, but as you can see, I have a cold, so just know that I'm fucking laughing. The wings were left over from the previous night's dinner, and they were delicious, and I was still drunk from the night before, and I was really hungry when I woke up, and don't judge me, you fuckers. That's hilarious, and that is recipe for disaster. I wasn't in any real danger of shitting my pants just yet, so I let it ride for a little while. Fast forward a half hour. The polite knocking by the buffalo wings had now turned into a desperate and panicking pounding. <laughs> <coughs> oh my god panicked pounding it was time <laughs> i turned to walk toward the restroom in the northwest tunnel it's so funny when athletes talk about going through tunnel they talk about like winning the game and like triumphant moments and you're just holding your fucking shit in um in the northwest tunnel uh of the end zone when one of my co-workers called out uh to me uh we had to get the structure down right now so the forklifts could pull through uh, the area. And we needed all hands on deck uh, to tip it down. I walked back over and we got to work. We had the structure about halfway tipped down, which required a little of uh, straining by all of us. And then boom, <laughs> the buffalo wings had reverted to using their battering ram and were uh, through the outer door of the intestines and were now furiously smashing on the sphincter's deadbolt. <laughs> Excuse me. You're going to fucking kill my throat, dick. This is hilarious. Uh, I looked at my coworker and said, we got to get this down in the next five seconds or we're going to have a mess on our hands. Uh, I all but dropped the structure when it was a foot from the floor turned and rushed towards the bathroom. I made it about halfway to the bathroom when the muscles in my asshole gave out from exhaustion like a marathon runner collapsing 50 feet from the finish line. <laughs> uh, the liquid started slowly streaming out of my body <laughs> and uh, just then I looked up and saw a Colts banner. I stopped dead in my tracks, shit still free-flowing from my ass, I thought of Bill Burr and his absolute hatred of the Colts owner, Jim Ursay. I said out loud, yeah, fuck Jim Ursay. And I just stood there and let it happen. I thought shitting my pants in the end zone on Lucas Oil Field was somehow going to be a big fuck you to Jim Ursay. And I don't know why this thought came to me. I was probably still drunk. Oh, my God, this is great. Do you ever disappoint? Do you ever disappoint just shitting yourself in the end zone looking at Jim Ursay. Oh, this is brilliant. Uh, 
Of course, the joke was on me because I was wearing some uh, sweat absorb boxer briefs, and this was shit 100%. And this shit 100% liquid, so it just soaked into my underwear. Oh, and jeans. None of it even dripped past my knees. Well, at least you know those boxer briefs are for real. Uh, <laughs> not a single drop of diarrhea hit the field in any way. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't had to clean a full out. Uh, crumper from my pants in quite a long time. I usually make it to the restroom with little to no evidence of leakage, but this time, good God almighty, it was both literally and figuratively a goddamn shit show. I don't know what I was thinking. Hashtag unacceptable. I'm standing up. Once again, everybody, once again, Kelly Meyer and I do not talk about these. I do not know when these are coming. I swear to you, he would, I'm telling you, okay, and he just delivers. Shitting himself in an end zone. Oh, that is just brilliant. Thank you so much, Kelly, for that, for bringing that to the show. The Shakespeare of shit, ladies and gentlemen, has struck again. He has struck again in 2016. And as long as his bowels stay irritable, the stories will flow just like the shit he writes. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Good vibes. Uh, well, this is very nice. Some fans wrote to me saying, Paul, this is from Daniel Taylor. I want to thank you, saying that they hope I was feeling better getting through whatever I was going through. And, um, and to get well. And I appreciate that, guys, uh, from all you guys. So thank you. And I wanted to recognize that also on the show. I know it's not an unacceptable, but thank you, guys. Because uh, the real listeners to TVE, the listeners, the, the ones that come out to the show, the ones that come and see me in Indianapolis, and the ones that come out and see me in, in Tempe and, and Miami and all these places that you guys listen to um, and your fans, man, i never forget it. I, and I actually, I'm so nuts with my TVE fans. I remember faces and shit. So when you come out, you know, come and talk to me, uh, but uh, thank you, you know, it's uh, definitely been a rough time for me, um, I'm still going through it a little bit, but you know what, it's uh, it's something that, you know, you get past, and uh, and that's it, you know, and for anybody out there with OCD, hit me up, man, because that's something I got too, you know, so, uh, yeah, I gotta go to the therapy and shit, I just, I just don't like the fact that they're always looking at the clock and shit, you know? That's the thing. It feels silly to just break down in front of somebody. Not that you cry, but you break down your life. And then they're just like, there's like another fucking eight fucking crazies in the waiting room looking at Glamour Magazine. You're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, all right, here we go. Unacceptable. This one. Oh, this is a long one here, but let's see here. This is from Shannon Peltier. I hope I got that right. Hey, Verzi, I have a few things. Uh, I will not be offended if you don't read all of it. It's up to you. Of course it is. It's your podcast. Well, you know what? I'm in a good mood, Shannon, and I'm going to do it for you, okay? I got to check out of this hotel room soon, get something to eat, and then go to Flagstaff. But I'm going to do it for you. Unacceptable. Going online at 10 a.m. to buy tickets for a comedy show that goes on sale, uh, that goes on sale at 10 a.m., Having scalpers buy up all the floor tickets before you can punch in your order. Acceptable. Getting tickets by 10.05 for 6 in the upper bowl. Lower bowl was already gone. Unacceptable. Going back online at 10.15 to see if there are any tickets left and there is none. I know this show didn't actually sell out um, to real people who want to see the show that quickly. Acceptable. Going to see Dane Cook in a smaller city only two hours away from me instead of having to drive six hours to go to his Vancouver show. What do you think? Should scalping tickets online and making them and marking them up on the other sides uh, be made illegal or not? What do you think, Verzi? Uh, you know, look, man, who am I to tell anybody that how they can or can't make money? So I don't know. You know, if I had a cousin who was a scalper and he told me he did it, I wouldn't be mad at him. But if I had a cousin who wanted tickets and the scalpers took them from him, I get it. So I really don't know the answer to that. But 
Um, you got tickets, right? Um, so, yeah. I mean, I could see what you're saying. But at the same time, maybe they knew it wasn't going to sell out. I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that. But let me, I'm going to read your second one here. Number two, unacceptable. Being a woman in the... Uh, in your late 50s and walking into a bakery with nothing on except flip-flops and a one-piece bathing suit. And get this, with your pubes sticking out of, oh, sticking out all over the outside of your bathing suit. The girl at the front, uh, Till, is in her early 20s and was so horrified that I had to stop what I was doing and take over the transaction. Put her in a cage with hedge trimmers and Edward Scissorhands, hashtag free bush, hashtag animal. Yeah, that's, um, if the bush is hanging out of the sides, it's it's not. That's I mean, I don't know how many looks could be worse than that. Unacceptable. Me constantly teasing the girl that works in, uh, in the front about free bush and always finding excuses to work it into a conversation. I don't blame you for that. A uh, few quick things. For the past five years, our running joke at work has been... Uh, whenever somebody is talking to one of us or we are asking a question, the other person all, uh, all must always say, uh, why are you shouting? And we whisper it and hold our ears. Uh, so when you mention how funny you thought it was on TVE, I played it, oh, for the staff here and all laughed uncontrollably. Uh, all, all of our significant others hate that we do this. Because we need to do it all the goddamn time, even at home. I even say to my son, he is four, and he is forever annoyed by this. When you mentioned uh, the boardwalk at Jersey Shore, I had an overwhelming urgency for you to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you like that show, but regardless, the episode is called uh, The Gang Goes to the Shore. Uh... Or just watch a few clips on YouTube. You will lose your mind. It is so, so, so funny. It's crazy. Seriously. Uh, If you watch it, can you please mention it on TVE? A big recommendation. I've been meaning to tell you about the movie uh, Ankh-Bak. To tell you about is the movie Ankh-Bak. O-N-G-B-A-K. When you were talking about fighting movies and whatnot, uh, that's when I first thought of it for you. It is, a, it is one of my all-time favorite martial arts movies. Okay, and I'm a martial arts movie junkie. Oh, and you sent me the link. Thank you. One more quick one. Movie um, Barton Fink, 1991. John Goodman is a fucking beast in the movie. Uh, the best I have ever seen him, and I 100% agree with everything you said about him. This was a stellar performance. Uh, anywho, thanks. Uh, we'll touch on mental health next time. But just wanted to say thank you for your honesty. You are a gem. Your biggest lady fan, Shannon. Shannon, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It was a pleasure actually to read it. Um, Thank you for the movie recommendations. Um, Yeah, so I'll go over it real quick. Any woman who walks into a public venue, a store, just in public, in a bathing suit with pubes hanging out, should be fucking ashamed of herself. And it is absolutely 100% unacceptable. Uh, there's nothing about that that will ever be acceptable. Um, I don't even know how to, you know, talk about that. That's just, I mean, it's like, don't you see that your fucking pussy is fucking hanging out? Um, and you're wearing flip-flops, so that just goes to show, ugh, I don't even want to get into it. Um, the scalping thing, I don't know about. I think, you know what, when it comes to a venue, do everything you can to get them, so I don't really hate on anybody doing that. Um, but thank you so much for the recommendation. Thank you for listening. I'm glad your coworkers like it. And, uh, yeah, why are you yelling is my favorite. It's just cause it, it just always wins. Like, why are you yelling? Just sh- like, there's no, just shut up. Um, okay. Let's see here. Uh, here we go. Um, what else? Oh, Twitter, Twitter. Yeah. Do we have, I do have a Twitter one. I think there was a funny Twitter one. I hope. I hope I can find it, guys. What do you want from me? Everybody's all over the Everybody's all over the map here. Um Yeah, man, that was so fucking cool last night. Let's see. It's amazing how when you talk about hard shit in your life, people like it. But then when you just tell jokes, they're like, Can you fucking not do it? Like it's it's amazing. People love That's why people fucking 
watch this horrible shit on the news all the time. Yeah, let me talk about that. I'm sorry if I didn't get to your unacceptable. Um, what is this? Did I read this one yet? Hold on. Yeah, I think I read this one yet from uh, two guys. Okay, yeah, I think I read that one already. Um, anyway, yeah, like that fucking guy that just got murdered in the street. I mean, I'm not trying to get all crazy about this stuff, but like, come on, man. Like, it's it's like, that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, people are getting straight up fucking murdered. People are getting straight up fucking murdered here. Like, you can't defend this shit anymore. You know, and I know I'm getting off topic here because I was just saying people like to, you know, I was just using an example because when I talked about the shit that I was going through, people were like so into it. And then when you talk about, and I just guess people, and, and people are into it because I guess they go through it. So, I mean, I'm not saying that anybody who liked that or I think they liked the honesty. So I get that. I'm not trying to be a dick. But like, you know, and I guess it's good that the news is showing this shit that these fucking, these fuck, these African-American dudes are getting murdered. Okay. Now, I know there's exceptions, and I know sometimes there's a weapon and there's an altercation that the camera doesn't see. I get that. I'm not saying all cops are murdering people, but some of this shit is just straight up should not have happened. Like, you cannot be walking in the street with your hands up in the air, not pull out a gun, and end up fucking dead that day. You just fucking can't, you know? Listen, if somebody's saying something, if somebody's acting belligerent, if somebody's saying they're going to go get a gun, all that stuff that we don't see in here, just tase a motherfucker, man. That's what I don't understand. Tase somebody. Everybody's so quick to fucking shoot. Now listen, the gorilla, who and I watched, I saw what the gorilla was doing with that kid. That gorilla had to go down. I watched it. I actually saw footage that um, rare, like another angle. And that kid was getting thrown around and shit. That gorilla had to get put down. In the, in, the, in the Cincinnati Zoo, okay? If somebody's going to their car and they're going to grab a gun or they're going to grab a knife, I understand that your first thing is to save and preserve your life and you want to go home to your family, your kids. I, I understand that, okay? I totally get that. But my whole point is, if they don't have a gun on them now and they're talking drunk like they're going to get a gun or a knife is even easier, you just tase them. But if they say, fuck you, I'm going to get my gun, I'm going to show you motherfuckers. While they're walking to the car to get the so-called gun, fucking tase them. Or tackle them and fucking cuff them. But to just fucking have people standing there with their hands up and then the next scene is their white t-shirt is filled with fucking bullet holes and blood. You know what, dude? There's something to this. It's fucking ridiculous, man. And it's a big fucking problem. And, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like me saying this, but there are some police officers who are putting everybody in fucking danger right now. Okay? Because people are on alert and people are tense. And it's up to a law enforcement, it's up to a cop to go, all right, look, we know what the fuck is going on. There's fucking cameras everywhere. We need to do this the right way. You need to do it, even if there's not cameras on, you need to do it the right way. But especially now, with the high fucking intense racial shit that's going on, you know, I just don't understand, man. I don't understand why the fuck this is still happening. I really don't. How many fucking cities and times do you have to see somebody and hear a name and fucking people are just getting killed? And I think that disturbed individuals do get drunk and put themselves in a situation where they're like, fuck the cops, I'm going to do this. What are they going to do to me? I'm sure that that happens too. This is a, a whole big broad thing, but it's a big fucking problem. But some of this shit, like in South Carolina, what I saw yesterday, some of this shit, a couple things, man. You know, a dude saying he can't breathe and shit. Some of this shit is straight fucking murder, man. And these people need to go to jail. It's fucked up and it's annoying to see. And I know some fucking people, you know... uh, Say that I'm, I'm, you know, say, oh, you're just going to blame the cops. No, I'm not blaming the cops. I never said that. I never once said that. You know, there are some people that should be tased. There are some people that should get the shit kicked out of them. And you know something? There are some people that should be shot. But there are some innocent fucking people getting murdered right now, man. And it's, it's fucking brutal to watch. It is. It's fucking nuts, man. Uh. All right. I don't know how I'm getting funny after that, but we will. We will. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, this is from John Lambert John, at Pogo John 2011. 
Paul Verzi, unacceptable. Last night at Wendy's, I had a to-go order, and the burger only has one bun. Definitely unacceptable. That's a great one. Thank you, John. That is a great one. Where are we? What are we doing on time over here? How are we doing on time, everybody? Are we doing all right? We got something. Oh, 40 minutes. God, this is flowing perfectly. What a good podcast this has been, no? I'm getting hungry. I had a Reuben yesterday. Reubens are underrated. You ever have a fucking Reuben? Some sauerkraut and some fucking, you know, it was good. It was it was really good. Um, all right, let's talk about these weddings. So, over the weekend, my wife and I had a Friday night engagement. I mean, a rehearsal dinner for her cousin. Her cousin Stephen, shout out to her cousin Stephen and his uh, beautiful new wife Sarah, uh, Stephen um, Edelman, and his beautiful wife now Sarah Edelman, uh, had a uh, really nice wedding in uh, Connecticut, and we went to their rehearsal dinner Friday. It's my wife's first cousin, very close. Uh, rehearsal dinner was great. And then we went to the wedding the next day, and then on uh, the next day. Aaron Berg, comedian Aaron Berg, and Kristen Meehan, Berg now, uh, got married, and their reception was actually at the stand. Uh, And we had to run. We couldn't make his ceremony in Central Park because we were at the other wedding. So we drove down, and there was a 15-minute wait between the actual wedding in Central Park and the reception. So we ran down to the reception. Um, My parents, shout out to my parents for watching my kids. My mom and stepfather have been amazing during this time of not only the shit that I've been going through, but just with the kids and watching everybody and doing everything. It's been uh, it's been an amazing support system and, and everything going on. So, we are um, at this wedding, and I just, that Friday night, no, that Saturday, I started feeling like, oh, fuck, my body's finally letting down its guard, and I think now I am starting to, what's it called? I'm starting to get sick. I'm starting to feel the sickness coming on. So, um, you know, good time, all this stuff. They had this, like, open bar in the back until 1030. My wife's uncles are hilarious. They drink. And we were talking sports. We were talking football and everything. But I have to talk about this right now. There is a group of people, and I'm not going to mention names here. I'm not going to get myself in trouble with my family, my wife's family, even more importantly. But... There's a couple of things we got to talk about weddings, especially white weddings. Um, and I don't mean the clothes. I mean white people weddings, okay? That needs to be addressed. Number one, these people who know you don't like to dance and constantly come up and go, you're dancing. Dude, no, you're dancing. Or you're dancing with me, right? Oh, you are dancing with me. Get over here. Get over here. Those people. It's like, look, I am a grown ass fucking man I have children okay I am I am a responsible money earning person who is contributing to society I will fucking dance when and with whom and how I want to okay period stop this no you're coming get him get over here it's a wedding I don't give a fuck if it's a wedding I don't give a fuck if your Aunt Susie wants me on the fucking dance floor. I don't give a fuck if your Aunt Nancy thinks I'm fucking should dance with my wife more. I don't give a fuck if you're so-and-so. I will dance with my wife on a slow dance. Or if there's a song that I really love to fucking dance or move to, I will fucking take my body over there and I will fucking do it. If not, leave me the fuck alone. Okay? Stop it. The other thing that's ridiculous is the people who get overly drunk at a wedding and dance too hard and think, oh my God, people are looking like, look how much fun they're having at this wedding because it's about fucking them. Annoying. It really is. It's fucking annoying and enough is enough. Stop it. You know? And I got to be honest with you. I have not seen more unathletic, bad dancing white people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and some in their 70s. 
I have not seen bad dancing like this in my whole fucking life. Okay? When middle-aged white people dance at a wedding, it looks like a bunch of people getting physical therapy. (laughs) It's fucking ridiculous. They just fuck. There's no athleticism. There's no rhythm. The bottom half just stomps up and down like Frankenstein where their arms are flailing like they're having a fucking seizure. It's the worst thing you could ever see is just middle-aged. And there were some like older Jewish guys trying to dance and that was like fucking, can we get some, I mean, crutches out there? I mean, what the fuck are these people thinking? I mean, holy shit. I mean, I'm not even trying to be a dick here. It was a great wedding and stuff. People having fun. I mean, I'm joking around. But when you look at middle-aged white people dancing at a wedding, it's like, holy shit, that guy hasn't danced since 75. You could just tell. Guy's going to fucking slip a disc out there. It's just the most unbelievable, ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And then their wives or cousins are, get him out here. He's dancing. Now, look, here's my thing. I don't really dance a lot, okay? I don't dance a lot. Now, I'm not going to lie. I look good at the wedding. I did. I looked good at the wedding. I looked thin. I had a suit that was like a much smaller, thinner, lean suit because I lost some weight here. You know, that's what acute anxiety and stress and depression will do when you're not eating. A uh, good way to lose weight is, is that. But I looked good, and I am not going to lie. I'm not going to dance, really. You know, a couple of songs came on where I, you know, doing a little head bopping, holding my drink, kind of with that cool, kind of just chilling kind of bopping, you know. Just that kind of cool nod where you're like, all right, I can feel this. You know, I don't. But the whole people grabbing your hands, trying to spin you around, or them making you try to spin them around and shit, no. Done. Can't do it. Over with. Um, so that was the first wedding, and it was a great wedding. And the second wedding, we went down to um, the stand for the reception. And uh, I'm not going to lie, it was just so fucking packed. There was like 170 people, all these comedians upstairs in the showroom. I mean, downstairs in the showroom, upstairs in the restaurant. All these comedians dressed nice in suits, standing outside. Um, you know, it was nice to see my friend get married. Uh, Aaron's a good dude and, uh, you know, funny guy. And, uh, you know, one thing about Aaron Berg is uh, I remember Aaron when he first came to uh, the States and New York from Canada. He was just always cool to me. And he was always like, he'd watch my set and be like, man, you know, that's I like that joke. And you're getting fun to watch. And he was never like... He never came like, well, I'm, I'm fucking, you know, he never came like with like a, an ego. He was just always really cool and nice. And that's why I told my wife, I was like, look, you know, cause we were tired and we had a lot of drive and I was like, you know, we got to show up for Aaron even to say congratulations to him and his wife. So, um, we didn't get to stay as long as we wanted to, but it was really cool that, uh, the stand did that for them. And, you know, they were handing out some food and, you know, drinks and music and stuff, but it was fucking packed. So my, it was a wedding weekend. And it was a lot of bad white dancing. That's what I get from that. I bet you there was a lot of ankles on ice the next day. Um, so that is it for the uh, for the weddings. But uh, the physical therapy line, I like that one. I think I'm going to have to take that one and use it. Um, let's talk sports. Unfortunately, movies, I, did not, I have not got a chance to see a movie because... Uh, you know, I started getting sick after these weddings. I had to relax because then I had to fly out here to Arizona. So, uh, I do want to see Sully. There's a bunch of shit that I want to see, but just not, have not really been able. I still want to finish seeing all Stranger Things. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on Netflix, which I have. Guys, I haven't seen one episode of Game of Thrones. I haven't seen one full episode of Breaking Bad. That's how fucking busy I've been. And that's how fucking nuts my life has been over the past couple of years. That like, like my best friend is in Breaking Bad six times and I saw like a clip of it once. You know, I just, I don't get to watch these shows. Walking Dead, I'm sorry. I just don't. And I'm not saying that me like, oh, I'm too busy to see it. I just, I can't. Like, I just can't, you know, when I come home and decompress, I can't get, and, and that's the other thing. I'll binge watch something. 
I'll watch fucking every episode of Breaking Bad in one sitting and just fucking lose gigs and like my fucking, I'll get divorced. Um, so I can't do it. Uh, but I did not get to see any movies. However, I did see something, everybody. Do you want to know what I saw? I saw my New York football giants and the walking, breathing, living legend that is Eli Manning. Okay? Now, make no mistake about this, everybody. Eli Manning is a fucking Hall of Fame, first ballot, fucking New York legend. And the reason his legacy is tarnished in any way is because of his face. And it's unfair. Okay? If he had a fucking stone chin and he looked like Tom Brady, there would already be a statue of this fucking guy, but he doesn't. He looks like a little kid watching cartoons with fucking cheese doodle dust on his white t-shirt and he looks distracted and that's the problem with this guy. This guy lets the ball fly. He is what they call a silent assassin. Now I'm not going to go on an Eli run because I know I've done that on the show many times. As a matter of fact... Um, you know, even shout, oh, by the way, shout out to, uh, good morning football, good morning football on the NFL network. I'm friends with those guys. I did a test show for them. Hopefully I'll be on the show again, but, uh, Peter Schrager and all those guys, the producers, they're all fucking awesome. And uh, they've heard my rants on Eli. I'm not going to go there anymore. Just watch what the guy does. Watch what the guy does when he's confident with one-on-one coverage with his receiver. Watch where he puts the ball, and you tell me if he put the ball in, in, in harm's way. Okay, Very seldom times does he do it, especially if he has to. Somebody said, if you give that kid time, look at his road record. But I'm not going to get into it. What I am going to get into is the weapons that he has. He's got Shepard. He's got ODB. He's got uh, Victor Cruz. Now he's opening up for him. Not to mention Rashad Jennings. And he could dump the ball off to Shane Vereen. And nobody talks about it. He loves Donnell. He loves number 84, the tight end. This is the first time Eli Manning has had this many weapons. And under our head coach, who was the offensive coordinator the last two years, which were Eli's best two years statistically, what's he going to do this year? I'm going to tell you something right now. I like our chances. I don't think the Eagles are for real just yet. The Redskins aren't showing anything. And the Cowboys are dealing with injury. This is our division to win. Or lose, it's up to the Giants. I love what we're doing. I love our chances. I think the Giants look really, really fucking good. Um, And I think the defense already after week two is clicking. I said it would probably take five weeks with the new personnel. I think by week four and five, they're going to be flying on defense. They already are. JPP looks like he's, you know, I know he's got... You know, the disability with the hand, but he's still getting to the quarterback pretty good, getting some pressure on him, which I like to see. So, um, yeah, I love everything. I love everything I'm seeing with the Giants. I, I I like the way they played on the road. I like the way they played at home. I like what the defense is doing. And um, I think, you know, put it this way, when you turn the ball over three times like we did and you still win, it's pretty good. You know, uh, the Saints hung in there with us. We gave the ball to them three times. The Giants still won. I, uh, this is going to be another Giants run. I'm calling it now, everybody. I called it at the beginning. I'm calling it now. Uh, Tom Brady's going to come back with a vengeance, though, so you know the Patriots are going to be back in the mix. I know it's way too early to call Giants-Patriots round three, but um, you know you can't say that. You can't say that with Aaron Rodgers in the league. You can't say that with, um, you know, you st- I'll still give, you know, you can't say that with, there's some teams that are good. You know, the Seahawks maybe could go on a run. Um, there's some defenses out there that are pretty good. So I'm not going to go and say, you know, G-Men Pat's number three. But I definitely like, uh, I definitely like what, I'm, what I'm seeing. But, I mean, NFL, you got to wait until, you know, week seven or week eight to really have a, a good idea. But, you know. Being 0-2 being does suck right now, so I'm glad the Giants are not that. All right, so um, other sports stuff going on is that, uh, what, we are a month and a half away from the new Knicks. I'm excited about that. Still, you know, still got my hesitations, but that should be pretty decent as well. Uh, so New York sports should be should be getting exciting. Uh, now what I have to get ready to do is I have to, I am driving up to Flagstaff with another comedian, Andy, who actually hosted the shows last night at Tempe. 
and I got to get ready for that. That's about a two, two and a half hour drive. I still didn't fucking eat, so I should eat. And, um, yeah, then I got to check into my hotel and get ready for shows tonight. So, uh, I have to wrap this puppy up and put a bow on it. Uh, but we got to everything, right? We talked about the weddings. We talked about Arizona. Uh, we talked about the pilot scaring the shit out of me for no reason. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, now we will do some plugs, talk about where I will be. Um, also, guys, I am doing... The um, Way of Life Tour. The Way of Life Tour is sponsored by the Hangover Pub in Worcester, Massachusetts. And they are putting a comedian, which is myself, a musician, a tattoo artist, a cook, all right, and um, they're and a filmmaker. And they're putting us all on a bus and we're going to do some New England shows. People are going to eat, get tattoos, see a comedy show, listen to some music, and they asked me to be the comedian. Uh, I agreed to it, and I'm looking forward to it, and I have some I have some dates here that I want to plug that will be on the website uh, really soon. So um, I will tell you guys right now. Here it is. So it is the Hangover Pub uh, is doing the... Way of Life Tour. So if you are in this area, check this out. This is very different. It's really cool. We're going on a bus tour for a few dates. And uh, we're just going to be giving people at certain venues just this idea of like everybody taking their skills and talents and making it for one evening for people. And it's like the way and, and it's basically based on the way of life. You know, all the things that you love and enjoy in one night and giving people that. Okay. So, um, the, where the fuck is this thing? Hold on. I'm sorry. I gotta, let's see. The link is no longer working right now, but anyway, here's what I need you guys to do. I need you guys to Google the way of life comedy tour, the hangover pub. Okay. The dates will be on my website in the next 24 hours. Okay. But we're going to be doing like Rhode Island. We're going to be doing Salem mass. We're going to be doing New York, um, so you guys got to check that out and I'm looking forward to being the comedian, honored to being the comedian on that show. Uh, it should be, it should be awesome. That pub is sick. They make all the, everything's with bacon. It's amazing. It's in Worcester. You got to check it out. Hangover pub. Um, and I'm going on a, on a tour with them, uh, in October. Those dates will be on the website. So please check that out. Also, I will be headlining the Friday night at the Hoboken Comedy Festival, September 30th which I believe is Friday. Let me just make sure that I have that right. I think that's a week from this Friday. Let's see what we got. Yes, Friday the 30th. I will be headlining the Hoboken Comedy Festival. Also, um, I will be at the Saratoga Comedy Works headlining October 12th through the 15th. You could check that out. All of those dates will be on the website as well. Uh, so you could check out that. That is Comedy Works, Saratoga Springs, I believe, New York, uh, October 12 through 15. And uh, more dates are being added uh, as well. But definitely check out the Way of Life Tour. Let me see if I could. I want to try to find out. I want to try to see if I could get you guys something right here, right now, because something happened with the link. And I want to make sure that you guys know about that. Uh, Way of Life tour. Here we go. Let's see. Uh, tour dates. Way of Life tour. Uh, come on, you fucking... Alright, hold on. I'll find it. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, no. Here we go. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get it, guys. I'm sorry. Alright? This fucking link didn't work. I'm doing the best that I could do. Uh, no. Okay, that's not it. Anyway, um, check out, go to, oh, what if I go to this? Haha, not done yet, everybody. Sorry, going into a little overtime here. Hangover Pub. Here we go. Let's see if it's on the site. I'm sure it will be on the site, and it is, um, yes. Hold on, guys. Okay, sorry about that. They want me to check out of here. 
Um, okay. So, yes, go to, yeah, we're going to be going to four cities, uh, and it's going to be food, uh, a bartender, a chef, a bartender, tattoos, music, and comedy. In four, we're going to do one week, a little bus tour, and we're going to stop at places. We're going to talk to people, find out about the city, talk about what they're interested in, and then give them a show. So go to the uh, hangoverpub.com, check out dates there, but um, and, and they will be up on my website within the next 24 hours, so you can see them there as well. So definitely, guys, definitely check that out. Okay, that's going to be something really different and cool, and I think they're getting like a lot of... A lot of like really talented people. One of the singers on The Voice. They're getting a tattoo artist that's like legendary from uh, California. So it's going to be really cool. Um, all right. So what else? So for my um, for any dates, go to paulverzi.com. You guys know V-I-R-Z-I. Check that out. Please check out uh, Coach Mike at City Living Dog and CityLivingDog.com, all of his social uh, media outlets. Uh, DrinkMoreGood.com. Go get that syrup. No preservatives, no artificial stuff. Get yourself a healthier organic soda. Make cocktails with it. Use it for baking with marinades, all that stuff. Go to All Things Comedy. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. Please send your unacceptables, guys, to unacceptables for tve at gmail.com i love that regulars keep writing in but my you know i also love when my new fans and new listeners write in uh that's always the best so thank you again i want to shout out to the uh, tempe arizona uh, tempe arizona improv james petra gallo uh, Annie Steinberg, all these people that made last night so amazing, and the fact that the room was that busy on a Wednesday night. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. That is not the number four. It is unacceptables F O R T V E at Gmail.com. So send it to that. Thank you guys. Um, and until episode 274, I am out of here. I will talk to you guys soon. White people, stop dancing.